Welcome to Conversations from the Edge with Service Logic, your educational podcast where we discuss the ins and outs of the HVAC and mechanical service industry. Find out how we can help you increase efficiency and how we deliver excellent service in the real world. Welcome to Conversations from the Edge with Service Logic. I'm your host, Sean Heath. We're in the heart of the summer right now. One of the things that seems to be an ever-increasing challenge is all of the new technology that comes out with regard to cooling systems and cooling controls and building controls. I've always been fascinated with the way these new technologies create a bit of a gap with legacy systems that exist and are maybe they're working fine but they need an additional capability or the customer would like an additional ability and I'm glad I'm not the one who has to solve that problem. As a matter of fact I'm glad to leave the entirety of that responsibility on the shoulders of my guest on the podcast today that's Bobby Marcus. He's the vice president of the controls division for engineered cooling services. Bobby how are you today? Very good thank you. Kind of a busy time over the year for you? Absolutely. The summer months are the busiest. I mentioned just briefly in the intro there, I love advances in technology. The gap that's created between the legacy products and the new technology, that's something you obviously have to deal with and and try and resolve those gaps and conflicts every day, right? Absolutely. How do you approach that? Well, I tell you, Sean, uh, in my mind, there's two gaps. Uh, You're exactly right. Uh, The older legacy systems were fantastic in the 1980s when when direct digital controls, HVAC controls, was just getting into the electronic era. So there is a big gap, as you know, between those systems and uh, and, and the systems coming out today. Um, Today's technologies with IoT technologies, Internet of Things, uh, smart buildings, integration, analytics, uh, the other tendency for a gap is between the control control system capabilities and a customer's usability, and that tends to grow that gap wider and wider. Um, some customers want need a sophisticated and technology technology enhanced system and solution, and others just want some basic control and interface. So, the original gap between uh, the legacy systems that didn't have protocols that are, have come out, standardized protocols, and all the Internet of Things made it very easy and, and simple systems. Today's technology, it, it, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, it can provide wonderful enhancements for some of the sophisticated customers, but the majority of customers, like I said, just want some basic control and interface. And I believe I have several key items that they can really focus on to make them successful in that uh, transition from legacy to newer, more enhanced systems. You must be psychic because that was exactly the next question I was getting ready to ask you. Can we talk a little bit about some of the, the challenges that you face when you're trying to update a building's controls to the more modern system? What are some of the first things that you look at? Well, some of the first things I look at, so in this day and age, we're also... Uh, called integrators, because we want to come in and integrate the myriad systems the customer has, ones that have been left over from the legacy days, ones that have been left over because they were too complicated for the for the uh, building users. Um, sometimes control vendors put systems in and then left the market. Uh, sometimes just deferred maintenance and upgrading of these systems uh, caused a lot of gaps and uh, usability issues, and then really very inefficient and ineffective 
documentation. So the first rule I have for a customer, uh, my recommendation is that we want to make the system very simple. And I think the first step in doing that is consolidating all their individual controllers, their systems into a single graphical based web server that quickly allows them to understand and monitor their HVAC systems. So this would be a front end that's web based. You can do it remotely. Uh, you can have remote uh, enunciation and notification, but it takes their existing systems and consolidates them as best we can into, into a web server, graphical based, easy to use and easy to understand uh, front end. I do know for a fact that you love the technological access advancements, but you really do pride yourself on making the advanced technology as simple to use as possible. Absolutely. That's crucial. Because super, super complicated uh, doesn't help at all if it's super not used or super not understood. That's exactly right. What are some of the parameters you have to consider when you start a process like this? Well... Uh, one recommendation I always make is I want to take the, the owner's site and have them maintain their initial investment. I think it's very important not to come into a facility and tell them, oh, yes, we can do this, but we have to replace everything. As integrators and just as cost-effective uh, approach is to come in and upgrade or migrate to this new web-based graphical front-end server I was talking about, and, and bring everything into that through integration. Uh, we use what we call uh, Tritium, JASIS, or Supervisor that has drivers that can not only talk to new BACnet, Modbus, LAN protocols, but also to some legacy systems. So when we can bring in their existing systems, put it on a new, easy-to-use graphical interface, and then provide them a report of what deficiencies, what issues we find with that equipment and the HVA systems themselves, I think that's an excellent start. There are occasions across all industries where a vendor maybe oversells or overloads a customer who really just want to do something basic. You've been in this industry for a while, so you've seen these massive changes. I'd really like to know how you maintained the mindset of avoiding or really basically refusing to oversell and overload customers. Why do you approach it that way? Well, I think, again, uh, if, if a customer or owner doesn't know how to use his system, uh, the most important thing we can do is leave a system in automatic mode. We want it to be in automatic. We want in that automatic mode, they will be able to save energy. They'll be able to schedule their systems. Uh, you know, in the older days, this used to be called energy management systems. And, and we really should be using these systems not only for control and, and visibility, but to save energy. Um, so to keep these systems in automatic, these, these owners have to understand their systems. Uh, we can train and train, but if they don't have somebody that uses them, you know, there's the old term, if you, if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, so I think that's part of that, keeping it simple, keeping it and, and having them walk before they run. Uh, we would love to come in and train them on how to use the graphics, how to make sure the schedules are working properly, how to command set points here and there. But some of the more sophisticated enhancements, which are fabulous, which can go on to be cloud-based analytics and uh, exporting of data. Um, but before they, they run with those type of enhancements, we like to see them walk 
understand the system and train them. It's never, the training's never over. I think that's important for people to understand. It's it's subsequent training and it's training to get them from, from walking to running to a complete sprint. When you first walk on site, how quickly can you realize that the solution that's currently in place is just too complicated? It's funny you ask that, but uh, it, it, there are some indicators uh, that can kind of tell us, uh, you know, how they're using the system, the age of the system. Uh, but but on the on the opposite side of that spectrum, when we're going in and we want to integrate all their systems and put it on this this new graphical server front end, the biggest issues I run into with existing customers is no documentation. So yes, we can get a basic feel for how sophisticated the system is, if it's even up and running still, if things are in you know hand versus automatic control. But once you get into the depth of trying to understand what you're integrating, what it's controlling, how many devices are out there, without documentation, it makes it very, very difficult. And with the constant turnover, I would imagine a majority of the time you run into a situation where the customer might not even know how to use their system correctly because there's no documentation or because the person who knew how to do that retired or they moved to another company. Absolutely. Uh, that's the, run into that a, a, a lot of times. Um, it is a lot of turnover. Um, even the technology, though, as they get sold on newer technology, and some of this technology may not even come through the control systems, but potentially through the HVAC equipment they were, they're getting that has some of these controllers and enhancements on board. Um, so they're forced into it whether they want it or not. But uh, some of that gap is uh, the capabilities of the system versus the capability of some of the users and with that turnover, what they can and can't do with the you know capabilities of the systems, absolutely. Now, when we talk about upgrading these systems from legacy to the newer technology, I'm curious about the mindset you have when you take on a project that is in an older historic building. That's a very delicate situation, and you take a lot of pride in being able to handle that correctly. Sure, absolutely. Um, a, a lot of systems, whether it's historical, whether it's a critical mission facility, data centers, whether it's you know hospitals, they all have their uh, specific and individual needs that have to be uh, you know definitely uh, handled pro- uh, you know properly. Um, but uh, you know there's there's solutions for historical buildings, for example. Uh, there's wi- Wi-Fi uh, solutions, wireless solutions, uh, what we'd call Zigbee wireless. So there's ways uh, to not have to run conduit, not have to drill through walls, um, you know, using uh, sensors that aren't necessarily in the spaces, um, maybe hidden in the return air, stuff like that. So every, every building's unique, but there are ways to handle those. You run into such an incredibly wide spectrum. How do you differentiate for the customers the difference between a need and a want when it comes to the operation of their systems? Um, I think the needs and wants, I think it's part of what we have to do. I like to call ourselves advisors to the customer. Uh, A lot of times we're educating the customer on, on more so what his needs and wants are or should be versus necessarily what he thinks they should be sometimes. Obviously, the customers are smart. They know what their needs are. Um, But I keep going back to two or three simple things. One is keep it simple. You know, one is maintaining their investment. Um, Another one that I think is very important 
that I, I want the results to end up for the customer at the, at the end of the day is I want to take them from being reactive to proactive. In other words, a lot of these customers, uh, whether they have systems or not, and if they do, some of them aren't set up appropriately or just have gone out of, you know, out of maintenance, uh, uh, that we want to take it where the, the hot cold call uh, from a from a tenant is not what sparks them to respond. In other words, um, one of the most valuable and rewarding results for an owner is shifting from that reactive response mode to proactive. Instead of a, a, a tenant or an employee in the facility providing the initial notification, hey, I'm hot, I'm cold, uh, we want the system to provide enough early warning alarms and normal conditions that the actual facilities and owner can know there's an issue before the tenant knows there's an issue. So I drive a lot of my decisions on their daily business, you know, their uptime, their reliability and redundancy needs, but also I want them to take the the initiative before tenants, you know, are the ones that tell them there's an issue. So that's converting them from reactive to proactive response. I'm not gonna lie, Bobby, I'm, I'm not really a huge fan of going to the dentist. Because I never really quite know what I'm going to need. I think I've been flossing. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, this one tooth has kind of bothered me, but it's okay. I can live with it. I would imagine there is a certain degree of anxiety that customers have when it comes to their HVAC systems. Because, number one, they're usually very large, they're very complex, and they're very expensive. And the unknown of, oh gosh, how much of an upgrade are we going to need to get? That probably is a, is a concern that most customers have with you from day one. But... Because of the new technology, you're able to not only improve the efficiency of their systems, but improve the upgradability and scalability of their systems with these new front ends. You're really able to save them an incredible amount of money and heartache, but you just have to get past that first initial fear. Talk to me about dealing with that. Well, you're exactly right. And again, uh, keeping the system simple, especially in the beginning, not trying to train somebody for 40 hours on everything the system can do, but get them walking first, doing some of the basic stuff. Um, the other thing I think owners have to realize, and maybe it's a mindset, is that the, your control vendor, your integrator, um, they're there for the life of your building with you. It's not something you buy and then you move on for several years. Um, and then if something fails, you call somebody. I like to recommend to them, uh, you know, especially in the warranty period, a lot of people say, well, gosh, it's under warranty. I don't need any, any maintenance support or any kind of uh, additional support or, or maintenance agreement. But in reality, that's the time. It's a new system. You're learning it. Uh, we can train a lot during, uh, really, you learn two ways when you're teaching others or you're troubleshooting. Um, so we like that remote access. You know, if, if we can get in remote while they're looking at a problem, that's a training moment. Um, if we can come out monthly or quarterly and do a PM and look for failed points and, and operator priority points and stuff like that, then everything we do with them teaches them how to use that system. So I think one of the biggest mindsets is start it off simple. Um, let them know this capabilities they'll get to later. And secondly, be with them for the life of the facility. We want to support them. Uh, we want to, you know, come out and visit them monthly, uh, quarterly, depending on the size of the system. Um, but we always want to train them when there's a problem and when they're troubleshooting. 
Is there one thing that you think people would find the most surprising about DDC control systems? I think something that surprises me uh, that probably would surprise them is just the amount of systems that when we get out there have been put in, maybe it's 20 years ago, maybe it's 10, maybe it's five, but how many are actually in override, have been bypassed, things are in hand, you know, at, at starters. A lot of things just get overridden because of all the things you've mentioned previously. I just think that's probably a shocker to people to think how many facilities really exist like that. I cannot end the podcast today knowing that you got your degree as a mechanical engineer from the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. I have to say, I know you're going to be ready for this question. This is a complete non sequitur, and I apologize to anybody who's not a football fan. <laughs> Bobby, I have to ask you, how excited are you for this season about the core of receivers that Alabama has? They are unbelievable. I'm very excited. I'm always excited. And as you know, coming into August, September is the best time of year. Oh, man, it is. Tailgate, let's go. That's right. Hey, Sean, if there's one more thing I could add just as a closer and probably one of the most important things I think for for owners is even if you put in this initial web server front end and you integrate your systems, I think it's very important to work with your integrator uh, to develop a roadmap. This is probably the most important piece. The roadmap, what I mean is wanting to know what's your long-term vision? How do you want the end game to look? Because and, and and I can provide a roadmap to people of, hey, you really want, you know, these controllers out here. You want this back net. You want this web server. Um, but what, and, and I can't really tell people how long it's going to take because that's a budgeting thing and how much money they can spend. But when people get into emergency repairs or they do renovations um, or they're doing budgeting for their fiscal years, this, this roadmap helps them kind of lay out. Uh, you know, the direction they want to go and how far they want to drive on the roadmap. Uh, but having a roadmap, knowing what the end game is, knowing where you want your building and what enhancements and technology you want, if you can lay that out up front and it's very easy to do, then that helps them all along the way to make the right decisions. One quick example would be if they had an old legacy system or they had lawn-based systems, then at least go ahead and run a BACnet, you know, MSTP protocol communication trunk for their VAV controllers or unitary controllers so that when one does fail from those old communications, you've got the communication trunk there ready to pick up that new BACnet device and you're doing it when it's you're under duress. You don't want to have to think about running a communication trunk Um, doing this when you need to get something online. So I think to end it, I would say um, developing that roadmap, know where you want to end up so you can use that in all your decision making. And that roadmap includes a very critical part, and that is the relationship with the integrator. And in this instance, that integrator is Engineered Cooling Services. Today, it's been my pleasure to have a conversation with Bobby Marcus, the Vice President for the Controls Division for Engineered Cooling Services. Bobby, thank you so much for taking the time today. This was really interesting. Thank you, Sean.